CPA and CFP Don Cash has made it his life's work to help people like you plan their finances and achieve their retirement goals. It's time for your money and your life. Hey, everybody. Welcome into another edition of Your Money in Your Life. Thanks for tuning into the podcast with Don and I as we talk investing, finance, and retirement. And we're back with part two of our economic storms brewing for 2022. Some more conversation around that with Don and I. And as always, if you've got questions or concerns, reach out to Don and have a conversation for yourself. He is a CPA and a CFP at Donald Cash and associates. You can find him online at donaldcash.com. That's donaldcash.com or call him at 800-664-1183. What's going on, buddy? How you doing? Uh, Back in the saddle? Everything rocking and rolling? Yeah. You know, the kids are back in college and uh, high school as of last week. And uh, yeah, I guess we're back in the saddle, so to speak. Um, Normal routines are set. uh, But that being the case, you Mm -hmm. know, Mark, my wife and I, took an opportunity for like a last minute sort of getaway for the weekend okay. to Florida. Right. And uh, looking forward to getting some sun and beach time. But surprise, surprise, Mark, it was very cold. It got down to like 40 degrees in the morning. It's been cold, man, all over the place. I'm dealing with a little bit of a bug myself right now. This weather is just all over the map. So it's not surprising it was down there as well. Oh, I tell you, it was uh, much colder than we expected. At least we can get outside and walk a little bit. Sure. You know, yeah. So when the, uh, the sun came out and it got up to like to be in the in the sixties in the daytime, which is which is just that's fine. great. So getting yeah, getting out and about. But here in New Jersey, I'm sure it's you probably I'm sure it's colder than where you are. It's been so cold that we couldn't do anything outside. So we took some time recently on a cold weekend to do something which we never really do, is okay. binge watch old television shows. <laughs> nice, all right. <laughs> we watched a, an episode or a bunch of episodes of The Twilight Zone. But oh, man. I'm assuming you watched those when you were a kid, right? Yeah, you know, my wife and I do that once in a while. We'll check out some old shows that we liked when we were younger, and we're like, wow, these are so bad, you know. Um, but Twilight Zones, those were some good ones. Yeah, definitely watch those. I'll tell you, one episode, Mark, reminded me a lot of what we were talking about on the last show. It was produced back in 1960. It's hard to believe those those uh, episodes are that old. Oh yeah, over 60 years old. So this uh, the episode the title of this episode was called "The Man in the Bottle." Every episode's got a title, right? Yeah. And it, it was about a struggling, uh, financially struggling pawn shop owner, but he had a kind heart, right? And he buys a big old bottle from an old lady who's desperate for money. Hmm. Uh, I, I think I remember this. Is this a genie, right? Man. That's right. Yeah. Okay. You got it. Genie in the bottle story. So the pawn shop owner and his wife get the classical three wishes, right? Yeah, sure. A- and uh, one of the things they wish for is a million dollars. And I'll tell you in a minute why it reminded me of the last show that we did. But okay. suddenly in the episode, the money starts raining down from the ceiling of the pawn shop. <laughs> These you know, $20, $50 bills or whatever they are. They generously uh, give a lot of the money away to folks that, that, that sell stuff to the pawn shop. Sort of like the down and out crowd in the, in the township. Okay. And before long, people in the town start lining up to get some of the money, right? The word gets around that he's giving away money. And one of the people in the line waiting to get some of the money from the pawn shop owner is an agent from the IRS. <laughs> Man, even even in TV shows, we can't get away from the IRS, right? 
Taxes. You got yeah, it. That's right. Taxes is right. So the IRS agent informs the pawn shop owner and his wife that the federal income tax on a million dollars is over $900,000. Ouch. Yeah, and the state income tax uh, is about $40,000. So that left him and his wife with about $60,000, which is about exactly what he gave away to his neighbors. <laughs> so he had a, they had like a $5 bill left. Sounds like California, right? You know, in state state tax or whatever. I, I guess uh, you know, getting your the, the, there was always that moral to those stories, right? There was always some sort of like the the one. I remember the woman about the guy. All he wanted to do was have peace and quiet and read his books, but then he broke yep. his glasses, right? So those they always have those kind of morals to the story. And I guess the uh, the negative side is that that taxable event. That's pretty huge, though. Was taxes that high in the sixties? Yeah, I'll tell you. If uh, one of the things I think we put on a link on the last show. We'll up again is historical tax rates i've been reading going back like 100 150 years Mm -hmm. right so the tax rates in the 1960s were believe it or not about 90 percent was the top marginal tax rate so you know people don't uh, realize that it was that high and right now we're in a period of historically low tax rates today right uh, but not for long. We've talked about this before. Rates will go up, and they're scheduled to go up by law in four years, if not sooner. That's why we call the 401k and the IRA a tax bubble mark. Um, some people call it a tax time bomb. I've heard it referred to that way. At some point, the income taxes are due on that money. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, for some reason I was thinking it was more like the 50s, but yeah, it gets pretty wild that it was uh, that high in the early 60s. And hey, too bad he couldn't take advantage of, of, a, of a Roth IRA. They didn't exist back then, but that would have been nice for him, that tax-free IRA. Yep, that's that's the uh, the tax-free preferred IRA uh, for people that convert money into their Roth or contribute. Mm-hmm. But absolutely, that's the, the preferred. And uh, getting back to the, the pawn shop owner in the story, when the guy and his wife lament that all their money's gone mm-hmm. for taxes, uh, the genie informs him, this is a great line, Mark. He says, but you didn't ask for a million dollars tax-free. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, genie. But the real moral to the story, and you mentioned there's always a moral to these stories, right. is that a sudden flood of money often brings about a host of problems if you're really not prepared. Yeah, right. What is it? The, what's that saying? Mo money, mo problems. Uh, so there you go. Yep. And, and speaking of those, let's uh, let's go ahead and get back into these economic storms we discussed last week. One of them was stock market turmoil and you know, government and geopolitical issues, along with inflation and taxes. And of course, we've seen quite a bit of that in the news here recently. Stocks are off to their worst start, Don, in two years. Um, we got the Russia thing making a lot of noise, uh, the whole Ukraine-Russia deal going on. And we did speak about taxes and inflation on the last show and how those storms are brewing on the horizon. So let's touch on the first two. Let's do the stock market and the geopolitical threats, and then we'll circle back around to the other two. Yeah, for sure. But, uh, you know, before people get too excited, Mark, about stock market gyrations, mm-hmm. one thing they should know is that the stock market drops on average 5% three times per year. Okay, so think about that. That would mean 
three drops in the Dow Jones, if you want to use that as a stock market indice, Mm -hmm. three drops in the Dow Jones of almost 2,000 points three times in a year, that should be the expectation. And it drops 10% an average of every 19 months. So almost you know every year and a half or so is a 10% drop. So the real lesson is not to get too enamored with, of course, the fear of a drop or with high-flying stocks. And some areas of the market that were extremely hot over the past few years right. are way down this year. And some of those big past winners like Moderna, or Tesla, or Netflix are down as much as 40% this year. And not too long ago, I think it was this week, Bitcoin was down 50% from November. So contrast that to what some may consider to be boring U.S. value stocks that may be off, I don't know, 2 or 3%, or even international stocks that may be up 2 or 3%. People need a little bit of all the asset classes. And the old adage, of course, is don't put all of your eggs in one basket. Uh, and just to throw a question at, to you, Mark, what do we call that in the universe of economics and planning, not putting all your eggs in one basket? Well, if you've been listening to the podcast, you hopefully know that it's diversification, right? Staying diversified, staying disciplined. Of course, it, it's easier said than done, uh, done, done, because those you know, those sexy stocks, those big ones, you know, have been doing so well, and it's easy to kind of want to eke out some more stuff. But that's a great point. You got to have it across the gamut so that you can take these ebbs and flows. That's right. And, and people are prone to either what? Greed, like over the past, you know, year, year and a half. Right. Or, or fear. And it can be extremely difficult. When stock markets drop, people often panic. And getting back to what happened uh, in March of 2020 at the start of the pandemic, of investors sold all of their stocks, Mark, at that point. That's amazing. That is amazing. I just read that not long ago. And two-thirds, 65 or 67%, sold at least some of their stocks out of fear. Mm -hmm. So they acted out of fear, and and now they may never uh, recover to retire comfortably or would take a heck of a lot longer to retire than, than they wanted to. And of course, more recently, people are acting out of greed with the stock market hitting all-time highs. And if you take big risks, you may get a big reward or you can get really hammered. The old saying is, there's no free lunch, right? Right. There's no magic formula to to buy a secret stock that's always going to be going up. Uh, Nobel Prize winning economist Harry Markowitz once said, diversification is the closest thing to a free lunch. It's the greatest long-term path to success. <laughs> that's, that's interesting. I like that. Yeah, yeah, everybody's heard that advice about diversification, but many don't realize what it truly means. And often that's when you come in and you really have to start explaining that to uh, clients and potential clients and so on and so forth, right? Yeah, it's very true, Mark, because just because you own a bunch of stocks, right, it, yeah. doesn't, it doesn't mean you're diversified. I see this all the time. Yeah, I got 10 mutual funds, so I'm diversified. It's like, well, no, not really. At 10 mutual funds. If, if someone I'm speaking with is you know, maybe thinking about being a client, we do sort of an MRI, a deep dive in reviewing what assets they hold in their portfolios. Right. And, and often it could be a bunch of mutual funds or it could be 10 or 20 individual stocks that were bought for, you know, uh, I would say no purpose other than 
it felt like a, a good deal at the time. Mm-hmm. Think of it this way. If you own real estate, you may have done great or terribly over the past two years, right? Mm-hmm. If you own residential real estate like we do, you've done great. Really, no matter where you are in the country, if you own a home, you've done fantastic. Sure, yeah. Um, but if you own a shopping mall or an office building, you've done terribly since people are shopping and working from home. And it's like that with stocks too, right? There are large companies and small company stocks as well as growth stocks and value stocks. And diversification is really owning a little bit of everything. And getting back to that parlance of real estate, it's like owning an apartment in New York City as well as a home in Nashville or an apartment in Miami. Over the past 10 years or so, New York City real estate was red hot until the pandemic. Right. Right. Yep. In 20, yep. And then no one wanted to live in Manhattan. It was completely shut down. And it's you know still to some extent shut down. Uh, recently, over the past few years, Nashville and Miami and a good part of Florida is where it's really red hot. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We talked about that before, people leaving some of those metropolis areas uh, due to the pandemic and things of that nature and, and going into more, quote unquote, rural areas. And we definitely see the same thing here where I live in uh, in the greater uh, what they call Research Triangle Park area in North Carolina. So, you know, good basic advice and a reminder to stay the course is definitely, you know, on prescription for these turbulent times and to truly understand what diversification really is. So how does the geopolitical risks and, and all of those rumblings then, how does that factor in? Because obviously we've got the whole Russia-Ukraine thing happening now. Yeah, I mean, that's what's what's in the news and what's been in the news over the past week or so. And you know, I don't want to certainly dismiss the importance of what's going on and the, and the tensions. I mean, we've dealt with this about seven or eight years ago uh, when Russia annexed this part of Ukraine called Crimea. We always need to support uh, democracy around the globe. But what we need to remember is that geopolitical tensions are really the norm right? It's not the exception. You know, a few that of, uh, of these geopolitical issues that have brewed over the past few years recently are uh, Syria, right? We had this big migration out of Syria and into Europe and tensions with terrorism in that area, uh, as well as China with Hong Kong and the protests that occurred over the past two years. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Taiwan. Ongo- yeah, yeah, ongoing tensions with Taiwan and them seeking to be independents and getting recognition as independent country in the UN. Of course, Pakistan over the years and different parts of the Middle East with uh, Iran and, and Israel and different countries around Israel. Of course, recently Afghanistan this summer, right when we left that area after 20 years. So depending upon the time and place, these events certainly not may, but will cause market turbulence and even inflation with supply chain disruptions. And we need to really set up a plan that kind of what I call bakes this into the cake, right? Bakes the turmoil into the cake, so to speak. And just knowing there will be turbulence and you can really count on it. No, that's pretty good advice. I like that. We kind of bake that into it. You know, we're kind of preparing for it. And you're talking about the supply chain issues. If you think about the fact that 
you know, goods and services, right? You go out and you buy, you're buying services. Let's say you're going to a gym, you know, you've been paying for gym memberships. Over the last couple of years, people have been buying, you know, gym equipment for home, right? To do it at home, to not have to go out and deal with that. And so all of those things kind of factor in and and add up to those supply chain issues. So, and you mentioned how, uh, you know, foreign supply chains can affect the inflation. So now let's circle back around to that front from our last discussion. The uh, the recent government data on inflation showed it was at seven percent for the year. So there, I think it was six point nine or something like that. That's the highest in forty years. Of course, some things are obviously skyrocketing. Used cars are still at like thirty percent. Gas is at forty. Energy at ten. Meat, fish, eggs, fifteen percent up. So it seems like every time you you know try to buy something, we're getting sticker shock. Yeah, no doubt, absolutely. And just to circle back to that point you mentioned before about goods and services. Mm-hmm. As an aside, um, it's important to realize that the, the inflation that we're experiencing really now is more in goods, not as much in services, right? Right, because of all the buying during the pandemic. Exactly. Yeah. So people didn't do the things they normally did in terms of going on cruises and going on to dinner and purchasing the kind of services that they would have been purchasing. So they were you know, buying things like to uh, spruce up the house. Or um, they're buying like what we did last year, a generator for the home or uh, expanding, putting a backyard pool in the yard, right? Yep. So they're, they're spending money on products and not as much on services. But those points you mentioned before are really hitting home. Uh, if you're buying a car or if you're filling up the tank now or, you know, energy prices are up, uh, you know, as they say, 10%. But I noticed when <laughs> the renewal for my... Uh, Electric bill came in every year. They renew the electric for the year, like how much you pay per kilowatt hour. Okay, right. It's 50% higher yeah. than last year. Crazy. So, you know, these things are shocking. And uh, it's interesting. Uh, last week, I was in Florida, I mentioned, and a waiter uh, told me that his home uh, had valued, his home value had doubled over the past just couple of years. And that was right before he handed me the check that was far higher <laughs> than a year ago. Right. It wasn't double, but it right. was a lot higher. So the home prices in a good part of Florida have jumped incredibly yeah. recently, far, far higher than the Northeast. Well, it's great for the homeowners, right? I mean, that's fantastic, but not so great for renters, right? Especially if you're looking, if you've been renting a place and prices are going up and you're thinking about buying a house, well, you know, everything's through the roof. You know, that's a great point, Mark. I mean, it's something that people really have not considered too much over the years is the increase in rent prices because they have been fairly stable over the years. And that's another way that inflation is kind of like a hidden tax on a lot of people. And I'll give you an example. Let's say the homeowner uh, typically has a a fixed rate mortgage, right? Mm -hmm. And if the house was purchased a few years ago, they likely refinance to an ultra-low rate, and their mortgage payment now is even lower than it was originally when they bought the home. Right. On the other hand, the renter is faced with higher rents, and the average rents now are up over 10% in many areas over the past year, and in many places, it's a lot more than that. And this often affects younger people, unfortunately. So it's people that are just kind of getting started out. But even though it's often worse in housing costs for younger people, inflation is also very pernicious to those who are close to retirement 
or people who are in retirement. Yeah, and those are great points for sure. And we're seeing that. We're seeing a lot of conversation about it's harder and harder for younger generation to buy their first home and so on and so forth with a lot of these prices and things going on. So what are some of the top expenses that you're seeing, Don, for people in retirement since you just mentioned that? And how does the inflation, you know, how is it hurting? I mean, my mom is 80 and, you know, she's forever going, man, I can't believe the price of this now and the price of that, right? Because she's on her fixed budget. Yeah, and it's interesting. It's not just people like your mom who are 80 years old and on a more of a fixed income. Mm-hmm. It's people that could be 60 years old or right or or 65 or 70 years old right. who own their own home. Oh yeah. So for them the top expenses that they show up are certainly housing. You know, that shows up more in the property tax increases mark and, mm-hmm. and maintenance and uh, repairs and landscaping. Oh yeah, try to get anybody to come out and fix something, right? Oh my goodness. It yeah. seems like every year I have trees that fall down around the property and removing one tree could be a couple thousand dollars. Yep. So those kind of things, of course, healthcare, we talked a lot about Medicare expenses going up uh, 14% uh, last year, the mm-hmm. Medicare part B expenses and the supplements, dental expenses, which are not covered by Medicare. How about long-term care insurance? Those expenses are going up quite a bit. Utilities, I mentioned going up, my utilities going up uh, 50%, insurance of different types, food, right? Going to the supermarket. You know, it's funny. I was just speaking with friends uh, over the weekend when we were down in Florida. And, uh, you know, you, you notice the prices in the supermarket, even if you can afford it. It's not the issue. It's sort of like an ouch factor, I call it, right? When you go to buy a package of uh, meat and you're like, wow, this is $25 now. And it seems like last year it was $15 or Mm -hmm. $18. So it's it's often, um, you know, so noticeable. Just kind of, you know, it gives you that sense that you might want to change your behavior a little bit. And of course, travel and entertainment. Um, Although that past year, they have not, you know, been really uh, something that that have affected most people because people have not traveled. But going forward, I can certainly see this being a, an area with uh, with greater inflation, and many of those items are increasing way, way more than seven percent. Yeah, I was gonna say it seems like a lot more than seven a lot of times. Yeah, and here is how the inflation is like a tax. Let's say you're spending. I'll just pick a number, Mark. A hundred thousand dollars. That's your family expenditure last year. And now you need to spend $110,000. Okay. That, that's sort of a, a type of a 10% tax increase, right? You need to generate another 10% more income to cover that same expense. Now, of course, Social Security did increase by 5.9% last year, but that's only part of a retiree's income. You may be in the 22 or 24% federal tax bracket, and that's a lot lower than we discussed the pawn shop owner in the Twilight Zone <laughs> episode right. in 1960. But you need to earn more just to keep pace. So what happens if you're poorly diversified and you take a drop in your investments just when your expenses go up yep. and then the taxes go up. Yeah, exactly. And that's a great point because it, it affects the quality of life right there. So when you go out shopping to buy food or gas or pay for those utility bills or whatever the case is, even to your point, even if you can afford it, it just starts to get in your head and you start to maybe back off. You start to peel things back because you're feeling like you're spending too much or you're worried what it's going to do to you long term. And, and all these things have a ripple effect. Uh, no doubt. That's a fantastic point. And you hate to see that happen, right? I do see this more often, 
there becomes a growing fear of running out of money, right? So that's the thing that you got to be careful about is that these quality of life issues become compromised. So maybe you don't go on that trip you always wanted to go on, or maybe you can't uh, in your mind, help your kids put a down payment on that house mm-hmm. or help the grandkids with college tuition. But if you're prepared and you understand how much inflation your savings can handle, you can breathe a sigh of relief and continue to live your life without fear and worry and regret. Well, and that's really kind of the point, Don. You know, we do the podcast, we talk about a lot of different topics, but that's why it's good to get a, an evaluation, a second opinion, a reevaluation, whatever term you need to use when it comes to your financial strategy, so that if you do have something that's kind of creeped into your head, you can have this sounding board that is a financial professional like Don, who's a CPA and a CFP, to bounce some stuff off and maybe kind of get a fresher perspective. And and not feel so guarded or jaded or whatever the case might be. So if you need some help, reach out to Don as always. You can have that 15-minute conversation. There's no cost. There's no obligation. Just give him a jingle. Call him at 800-664-1183. It's 800-664-1183. Or stop by the website, donaldcash.com. That's donaldcash.com. And don't forget to subscribe to us on whatever platform you like to use, Apple, Google, Spotify, iHeartStitcher. You can find all that information at the website, whether it's the main website, or on the podcasting website, which is doncashpodcast.com. And we walk you through how to do that, but it's very, very simple to do. So make sure you subscribe to us and check out past shows as well as future shows. And Don, I think maybe next time we'll tackle some more of how the media can affect some of these areas and make the, you know, what these perceived threats and these actual threats, you know, feel even worse. Absolutely. No doubt. Let's let's uh, let's kind of wrap it up and, and put a bow on it, as they say. There you go. We'll do that. So, folks, make sure you reach out to us. Again, if you've got some questions or concerns, reach out to Don. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button, as I mentioned before. And you can find it all at Your Money and Your Life here on the podcast. We appreciate your time. Don and I'll be back in a couple of weeks with another episode. Investment advisory services offered through Donald W. Cash & Associates, LLC, a registered investment advisor in the state of New Jersey.